I'm, I'm sick again. Woo! We're coughing and we're sick again. Yay. Yay. I'm sorry, um, sir. <laughs> no. So we had Averin's, um, uh, 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 his Christmas program in the middle of November uh, for school, which was adorable. Um, yeah. But we as a family are like in the process of getting over a cold. Of course, colds have a good way of lingering for like a week. Um so that's where I'm just on the tail end of just getting over things for forever. Cool. Um, but anyways, yeah, so last night was the uh, the program, and they announced at the thing, again, this is a school of, I don't know, like maybe 200 kids? Like, I don't know what the actual number is. Uh, probably somewhere around there. Um, but at the Christmas program, they announced there's 30 kids <laughs> out sick. Excuse, for, excuse for the me? Gosh. 30 kids. I... Why are all these kids being so gross and sick all the time? I think we're just all permanently sick for like Good. the entire time that we uh, like the entire pandemic of trying to be not sick. We're literally, I think, going to now just be sick nonstop. For I refuse. Years. I refuse to engage in any pseudoscience of like, well, I've weakened <laughs> my immune system, or is it, but. But, uh, but like, that's how I feel. Like, I'm not sure that that adds up at all, but I do feel like I got a cold from my nephew a month ago, and I still am constantly congested. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, like, it was a cold. A four-year-old was sneezing around me. Like, this can't be, this can't, I can't still be like this. Stop sneezing. Yeah. Um, Anyways, Very rude. Very I just want to get out, get out ahead of it, and let everybody know if I sneeze and cough and sound congested, it's because I slightly am. It's uh, because it's, it's just that good, good audio that you come to to us for. You're welcome. And with that, we'll start the show. <laughs> Gosh, <dang Here we started a podcast. It's a podcast board. Phoenix like from the ashes of the sick, gross podcast from last year. And which, the, which died of sick grossness. Uh, I am your co-host, Jeff. I'm the other guy, Nick. Uh, yeah, this is our our medical podcast where we talk about being sick and a couple of continents apart and also fun and things interesting, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Nailed so it. Nailed it. Got it. other if I thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> if I wasn't sick, uh, what I was going to do for cold open stuff was uh, uh, something about Thanksgiving because it was going to be Thanksgiving, so we'll just do that instead. Okay. Uh, what are you thankful for, Nick? I'm thankful for uh, peppermint coffee. That's my new favorite thing. Peppermint okay. coffee. Thankful for peppermint coffee. Um, I mean, peppermint coffee coffee is very good. To be fair, okay. Um, I I don't think I think I've had peppermint <laughs> coffee before, but this year I was at the getting coffee at the gas station because I needed to get gas and coffee sounded good. Mm-hmm. And there was coffee, and then there was like next to it uh, peppermint uh, hot chocolate, and I just did that like a, just a little tiny tiny bit, and it was yeah. so good. And now I decided that peppermint coffee is my favorite. I I don't blame you for that uh, for that decision or life choice or whatever you want to call it. The peppermint coffee, uh, I I identity. It, it, what? It's, it's, I, you want you said whatever I'm going to call it, whatever like whatever. Okay, I'm gonna call you're going to call it, it yeah, identity. Okay, you're, you're yeah, not weird. I, you're fine. I, I, yeah, it's it's part of my identity. Now. Yeah, it's sorry. weird. Um, <laughs> definitely. Weird. Thank you. Okay, well, I'm, I'm done coughing at myself. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, peppermint coffee is a pretty good thing to be thankful for. Um, this this year, I don't really know, man. I mean, I'm I'm thankful for like 
my family and my wife like supporting me this year i don't know this has been that's a weird year and so boring i know Nick. it's pretty pretty, not... pretty lame okay. Okay, i fine. i will also say pretty happy pretty stoked on uh just the general uh the, the direction i'm going in life so i'm feeling hey. feeling good well there you go i yeah. also like my family too so there. Yeah. Well, that's good I, I, i'd be upset <laughs> if you didn't if you weren't you know i say family really i mean my wife everybody else is lame my sisters and stuff like who cares about them they're, they're dumb yeah dang you age your sisters dang they're you all. they're fine um, they're cool, they're cool. I mean, you're cool too. Um, okay, Nick, we <laughs> yes. have we have a couple things all somewhat related today, mm-hmm. uh, and my dog is barking at me from my window. Hello, dog. Um, so, a couple things. First off, do you remember? And it's been a long time. Uh, us talking about. I mean, we've talked around it before, but do you right. remember us talking about crypto about? Oh, let's say <laughs> half a year ago. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, you're laughing. Do you know why we're talking? Why I'm bringing this back up? Uh, I haven't followed the FTX stuff, if that's what you mean, but I'm excited to hear if that's what it, what it is. Um, I haven't uh, followed it, but uh, I, from what I understand, there's a lot of a lot of crash and burn, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of death in the crypto world. Yeah. So FTX <laughs> is the largest or one of the largest um, crypto exchanges, mm-hmm. and uh, funnily enough, uh, back in May, the founder of that, which is like this young uh, Bitcoin billionaire guy, uh, was on a podcast that I listened to. Oh, interesting! And it was interesting to hear. And actually, that podcast released a like they re-released that episode, but with commentary about how like there are certain things about this interview that I, we probably should have <laughs> continued to press on. <laughs> It's like a little, a little bit uh, prescient. Prescient is that the word? Is yes. That the, I, yes. I, I, okay. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so that was an interesting thing. But yeah, so FTX died. Um, it's a Rip. big disaster. Rubble. Um, not really worth getting into the details of that. But what it did remind me of was our conversation that we had talked about. And so I went back and I found it was actually the episode that we talked about NBA Showdown, which we absolutely need to play. Still, I know, um, but it <laughs> was it on, on air. I, I'm telling you, man, I, I think maybe that's next Patreon's episode. Patreon.com forward slash Tyrus Um <laughs> In looking at that conversation that we had or re-listening to that conversation, uh, I, I wanted to see because what my memory was, was that the thing that I was most concerned about was uh, like all of the advertising that went into crypto during the Super Bowl. Yes. And and so I wanted to see how uh, how I felt back then and did any of it uh bear to be what actually happened um so so nick i'm going to read some of my quotes um and we'll we'll see what we what we feel okay uh, I'll, I'll get you <laughs> just, we'll just talk can, about can it. i tell you like a thing that's been that i've been very aware of lately because i listened to a lot of sports things and then i've listened uh-huh. to some things that are like tech related and uh they like this is Something that I, I noticed from everybody is everybody remembers themselves as predicting correctly. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone's like, yeah, I called it that the Suns were going to be great this year again. And you're like, well, did, did you really? Like, you said yeah. they, like, had an upside or whatever. You know what I mean? And, like, the, the, it's very easy to, like, convince yourself that you are that you are prescient, that your analysis is very uh, well-founded and all that good stuff. So I, I like this kind of thing of just looking back at yourself because uh, with the actual words you said. I'm sorry, I, I'm interrupting you for no good reason. And oh, I know no, it's- no, much appreciated. And it gives me time to just collect my thoughts. So 
that the exact thing that you described is exactly why I wanted I wanted to go hear myself talk about it because in right. my mind, like I flipping told you so was what it was going through my head. Like I'll I mean, full disclosure. Sure Probably. Um, <laughs> so to to give a little bit of context before the conversation or like as we're getting into the conversation, uh, like I mentioned, concerned about all the advertising going into um, all these different crypto ads, of which XTF was a big part of. Uh, and in fact, um, some of the things that are currently in um, uh, currently in court cases are the people like Tom Brady and etc. that were involved in yep. those crypto ads. Uh, so, so again, specifically around XTF. Um, so here's, here's some quotes, uh, seeing all those ads in the Super Bowl, they paid a premium, a ton of money to play those ads in the most expensive way possible to, oh, I'll take another pass at my own quote here. Seeing all those ads in the Super Bowl, they paid a premium, a ton of money to, to play those ads in the most expensive way possible currently in our society, in our society, meaning the Super Bowl, to promote the value of a currency that's used to buy things. And to me, that is some Orwellian crap right there. That should be so obviously not be how that should work. <laughs> As a person who works in the cross in this cross section, people do not need to be less protected from exposure. We've jumped the shark. Really? This is an unprecedented road that we're going down. At this point, where we're at, how crypto works now, it's being pitched as a replacement for mutual funds or etfs as a way to make money um, i love it so much yeah so <laughs> i i feel there was th- i honestly i did a bit i might even cut it in um that like little two minute rant that i went on but yeah it, it, nick turns out if you see a bunch of people spending a ton of money to promote the value of a currency and the thing it's exchanged on it's not good that might be falsely inflating the value so some people can make a lot of money and that ultimately that's not going to work out okay. It's a magic box, Jeff. Okay, let me tell you about the magic box. So you put you put the money in the magic box. Don't worry how it works. I've literally seen ads of people saying you don't need to know how it works. <laughs> I've seen I've seen that ad. And it, like, okay, I'm being dumb here. It's not important. But that's a Steph Curry ad. Like, I like Steph Curry. Don't be like that, dude. <laughs> he literally I says, like, I don't know. You don't, I'm not an expert. You don't need to know how it works. Or, like, I don't know how it works. But, yeah. Anyways, you should invest in crypto. <laughs> dude, you can't do that. <laughs> that's not how any of this works. You can't just be like, magic box, put money in. Now my money, more money. <laughs> like, no, man. <sighs> and I know, I understand that there is that there are theoretical use cases. But, like, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I have to defend crypto right now. <laughs> No, no. Well, and in that episode, like I talk about, like how the underlying technology, I am like I'm on yeah. board with the value that it can bring, but in its current application, it is a mess. Like it is, it is just asking for this right. sort of thing to happen. Um, the the whole idea that that was even acceptable, and the and you know, like athletes advertising that sort of thing. Of course uh, they do. I, the, I, you shouldn't take if somebody threw millions of dollars at me to say some things that I I didn't really know much about the actual subject matter but it sounded okay even reasonably okay mm-hmm. i mean and and like you're talking to people who probably legitimately i mean like using um ftx is an example i mean a lot of the people that you're talking to probably have made an absolute mint on on crypto and so it sounds good because they're the ones talking to you and selling you on uh and being the the spokesperson for this thing right so it's it's hard to blame them but i uh, yeah i got i gotta blame some like and it's not it's not the athletes that's not their fault but like there there is we should not have allowed this to be okay 
no, I, no I, we shouldn't. I mean, uh, the the whole the whole thing is. Uh, and look, I, I don't want to get into the like the the politics of regulation and crypto and finance and etc. But I, I mean, this seemed so obvious at the time, and it seems so unsurprising now. We uh, that we can't just keep playing this game where we're just going to pretend that this isn't going to keep happening. Right. I mean, the they knew they were going to make a ton of money. That's why they ran those ads. They're they're not going to be able to magically print money from thin air. Like it's it. <sighs> It, the whole thing is just—it's very baffling and concerning. Just bad. It, it continues to be fraught with peril. Like I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. Um. um and it, I. Oh, good. I don't. You know. I'm. It's very hard. I uh, agree with you, and I don't have any like good way of. Uh, I, I don't have good stuff to add. Um. You know. Like my opinion on this outside of it is like less. Like I'm not. I'm not. You know. Engrossed in either. Uh, financial services and i'm not engrossed in anything blockchain related so uh you know i you know my out my insight is a very outside insight but i i just feel like like if you're if from like ignoring the your opinion on like regulation right putting tons of money into these markets and into these like uh into these i mean into the currencies into crypto in general yeah is whether it's like you know it, it doesn't matter which one to me um is like Really, really risky in a way that should be really obvious because of how unregulated it is. There's, you, you want to tell me like that regulation does, you know, does has negative side effects in some ways. Like, totally, dude. I can understand the idea of red tape. It's a pretty easy concept for everybody to understand and get on board with the idea that there could be red tape in the world and that could, you know, limit stuff or that like you know, government having control of things can have negative side effects. Obviously, but there's rails but, like, around the Grand Canyon <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> correct, correct. You won't hear about like you know, huge companies talking about like or you know like i don't know i've seen a lot of stuff this year or this year this uh this last week or two of people you know like saying saying like dude where are the protections for consumers and it's like dude this is an an entirely unregulated investment sort like they can just do whatever they want there's been a million stories of rug pulls and of you know cryptos that have just gone offline like overnight and crap like it it could have happened on to any of them and I like, I mean, I don't know the details of any specific one of anything like FTX or whatever. And so I don't know which things are less likely to, uh, you know, pull something like a rug bowl or whatever, but yeah, dude, I, 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 as a total layman who doesn't know crap about crap about anything would never, would just never put my money inside of something that was, was like, Oh, trust me. It, 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 there's no reason that we couldn't pull it all away from you. And like this whole thing couldn't crash tomorrow or whatever, but it totally won't. Like, it totally, dude. It totally, totally, totally won't. We have. Ins- we, we're telling you right now that we have incentives. Don't worry about what those incentives are. Not to do it. But like, <laughs> come yeah, on, just, man. Just here, look, here. Hold on. Look at look at these ads. Look at these ads. They'll, they'll tell you <laughs> exactly. And I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm brushing over a lot of it, and I'm uh, trying not to, you know, get into like just just. Dude, I would never put my money in anything this this unregulated and this unprotected. I mean, I, I might put like a hundred bucks in to like see like how sure. technology works, but I wouldn't. The, I mean, that's the same way as like I might put a hundred dollars on like you know a freaking craps bet. I guess you know what I mean. Like <laughs> right, right, yeah. Like I I live. I I think I do have like uh, I don't know maybe a hundred and fifty dollars sitting in the crypto wallet uh, just for things that because there it is starting to show up as like things that you can uh, pay for. Uh, with with crypto and or sometimes that's the only way that that's possible uh which still with with using it as a currency still feels really really weird because it's like the value of it is always
always compared to the dollar and it fluctuates so crazily. Yeah. Like it, it, it's just, it's a very weird way to do finances still. And right. But it's, it's being treated as this is a very mature thing when it is definitely, definitely not. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of uh, ads and stuff, uh, I don't know if this is just old man yelling at clouds and that's what happens when you get older or or that's it's me. really becoming a problem. But I was looking, we mentioned the second ghost, Thanksgiving coming up soon. I'm going to be uh, smoking a handful of meats and other cooking things. Uh-huh. And like I like to like look up just a handful of recipes. I'm not really one to follow a recipe exactly for that sort of stuff. But I like to like see what other people's ideas are and kind of come up with my own uh, combination of them. But, like, when I was looking up things, Nick, I swear the amount of ads on every piece of every every other freaking word, I swear, man. Like, and I don't know, like... I know there's like ad blockers and things that you can do on your phone. And like, I guess I just need mm-hmm. to make sure I do that. But like, then there's paywalls for 80% of the things if they don't have ads. I, I just, every, the internet, it feels like it's either getting every penny out of me that it can or getting every ounce of attention toward an ad that it possibly can. I guess indirectly every penny out of me that it can that way. Um, I don't know, man. I just miss the old days where you could just Google recipes and just go click and it'd be somebody's random blog and go learn from their stuff or whatever. Yes. Um, I miss that. <laughs> same here, big same. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, it's really frustrating because, like, I, I don't feel like it's going away, right? Like, I feel like we've like come to a point where most, uh, most every website and most every online service is just like monetized through ads and through data, and it's such a bummer. Like, I, I completely agree with you because I don't think it's either going away or trending the other direction. And I know that, like, theoretically, we're supposed to be like, oh, you should, you know. Uh, reject those sites but dude there's nothing to re- there's, what do you mean i was gonna like just not go on the internet <laughs> uh it, it's, it's it's i agree and uh it's a pain in the butt and i don't i don't like i don't know you have to start <laughs> buying cookbooks or something <laughs> ew gross ew, dude gross the, the real solution is to have um a cookbook full of recipes that your your uh mother-in-law has been just hoarding hoarding and just has created like several binders full of random ass uh, recipes yeah. jen has like three binders full of just random ass recipes so like if you ever want like super spicy pretzels like bro we got mm. you and we got the recipe and it is ad free ad free binder <laughs> curated I mean, by your by your random mother by your mother-in-law's random taste over to 30 years i do like that i i i will tell you what man like there is no replacement for passed down recipes like family recipe things um and i do feel like that might die with our generation like i we're before i will be passing passing down to all all uh children of the next generation uh my keep notes of uh links to (laughs) recipe websites (laughs) yeah i don't i don't think that's gonna translate well i don't think Uh. it's gonna work Okay. I don't know. <laughs> oh man. Um so a um what's up? <clears throat> okay. Uh I mentioned um some things uh from from my school. Uh I think it was before the episode we started recording. I just mentioned that I have a couple couple things. Uh and they're we're we're kind of in a theme here where it is utilizing data to either advertise or models for attention or models to make money etc um so we're going to talk about a couple different ones Uh, they're just kind of things that i've kind of known about that existed i think they're kind of fun to hear about and just kind of think through implications and etc oh god these aren't as 
as Doomsdayish, but also it's like, oh my gosh, like I don't know, maybe maybe it is a little bit Doomsdayish. I feel like it's kind of been a Doomsdayish kind of streak that I've had here. Um, it's really hard because like that's the thing that like <clears throat> I think a lot of times like the way to be interest or not interesting the way to like pique your interest is to sometimes like find things that you can understand more intricately and usually when you do that you are kind of focusing on the negative side of things, like uh, on a critique of those things, right? Like you're focusing on a critique. And so, I don't know. Like, I, I don't blame you. I find this stuff really interesting and I like uh, hearing your perspective on uh, this kind of stuff. It, I, I do find it like really interesting and fun in a kind of like, you know, like the same way that you like know that like being upset is bad and like not like, you know, hate watching, uh, you know, the news, <laughs> but just like, you know, oh my God, that's so terrible. Like, you know, not, not quite a doomsday scroll thing, but I, I have a lot of fun with, with learning yeah, things through your, your, your prism and your perspective. I do. Yeah. It's like doom group therapy or something. There, there you uh, go. Doom group yeah. therapy. Just what I always needed. Okay. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I, I tried to defend you and I hope I did a good job. You're welcome. Oh yeah. I feel, <laughs> I feel defended yeah, um, yeah. or defensive. I can't tell. No, um, the, the the first thing was uh, you you are I, well I'm gonna ask the most so Zillow is a thing yes. that exists I know about Zillow uh, yes <laughs> good, good job all right same Thank page you. Then. Thank same, you. same starting point um, and when you go to Zillow and you look at the house's price they have oftentimes maybe always not sure um, their Zestimate which is their their models output for That's a fun the expected word. value yeah yeah look at this fun. Jeff it's fun this is a fun yeah. segment no, nothing bad is gonna come up here. Sorry, continue. Um, so they have the Zestimate, which is the the value, expected val- sale value of a home. And as a person who works in finance, I can tell you it is not always right. Uh, but oh. it is, it's something. It's a <laughs> okay. number. Um, anyways, a while back, they, um, I think this might have been three, two, three years ago, something like that. Um, actually, let me, let me get the right date. I don't want to lie. It's 2019. So yeah, a few years ago. The... 2019, and it was a competition that they had that had a million dollar prize for anybody who could come up with a model that would beat their Zestimate model that they had. Okay. And they opened it up to be, um, you could join like as a team, or you could join as an individual and compete to to beat the the model. And there was a handful of folks that did um, a cup, uh, a team or two, and then one solo guy, I believe. Um, and that solo guy was. Jordan Meyer, um, and he worked at Data Robot, uh, which is a machine learning company that does a lot of the heavy lifting for large clients, like or sorry, like just large companies that are trying to do stuff quickly. Uh, it sure. kind of skips some of the harder steps of figuring out like what what type of model is good for this data set and stuff like that. Like it kind of automates machine learning. Okay, if you're not. Um, the reason why I uh, found out about this and kind of got a little bit more into it was because uh, the professor of my class, he was a co-worker of uh, John Meyer at the time at Data Robot. Okay. Um, so knew him quite well. Uh, so Meyer ends up winning this million dollars. And then, uh, as you might expect, uh, Zillow hires him uh, because he single-handedly beat their team of data scientists with coming up (laughs) with a more accurate model. Right. Uh, So he... They, they have this model, they develop it and build out a, in, in-house before kind of releasing it to the public. And are, are you familiar at all like with uh, what has happened with Zillow over the last uh, like 18 months? Not even remotely. 
So at the beginning of the pandemic, housing prices uh, and just housing stuff in general absolutely exploded. There was no yes. inventory. Housing prices went up like 30% overnight, relatively. Um, and it, it it was an absolute unprecedented time, at least in the last like 30 years. Um, the what? So this happened in 2019, and this guy got hired and moved to Data Robot. So like literally prime time for really making some pretty crazy moves. So what they did with this model was based on the the current market projected what the selling price of a property would be, and they could see what they were actually being listed for. And so they knew uh, that they would be able to buy a house and sell it for significantly more based on their model. And for a while, they were quite right about that. They got to the point where they were buying properties sight unseen. Like they didn't have anybody go Damn. actually look at the house. They felt that any um, like any you know individual uh, nuance at a particular property would ultimately work out in the averages um, when you put that when you do that sort of thing at scale. Right. Uh, them doing that also <laughs> screws with the housing market even worse because then you have a third party buying and reselling a house where there's not even the, the you know, the, the family that sold it isn't actually making the money that the um, that the, ultimately the buyer is then paying. So they're just making all of the money in the middle there, which is kind of a messed up thing if you think about it. Yep. Uh, they're, they're literally just using their model well, to, to I, steal the margin. Uh, that's what I was going to say is you're stealing, stealing margin and you're inflating part, uh, you're probably inflating prices uh, without actually I mean, creating value, a thousand right? Like, percent. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like freaking Ticketmaster, which is also in the news right what? now for this exact bullcrap. What? Ticketmaster seems like a great service. I don't know what you're talking about. What? Can we pause? I just want to yell about Ticketmaster for a second. Hit me. I, I have I have oh. intentionally avoided information about the Taylor Swift thing, except that I've seen memes that are really funny to me. Uh, uh, continue. I know that there's the Taylor Swift thing, and it has just I, exploted, too. I don't know if that's re- directly related. I, I, yeah. All so. I... All I know is this is a ticket reseller that venues sell at price tickets to to then sell to people who then ultimately um, flip it for ridiculous profits. And it's a big problem because it's all bots that do it. Yeah. and sometimes bots do fun things. This is very, very bad bot thing. <laughs> like yeah. I think the Taylor Swift tickets were going for like twenty grand or something like that. Anyways, uh, oh go ahead. Is, 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 off of the the show thing uh, because it's this is a Nick yeah. thing. Um, all right, all right, all right. This is back in the show now. Um, for those listening, we I just cut a good a good five minutes there where Nick and I went on a good, solid, non-podcast-worthy rant. Um, but, Nick, no, what, what makes me upset about Ticketmaster, this is a, 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 a ticket reseller that is already getting price gouged like crazy because of people botting ticket uh, sale at the, like, when they first go live. Yes. But recently, they've, I mean, recently-ish, I don't know when they actually rolled it out, but it's been out for a while now they have like they themselves Ticketmaster, has demand algorithms for selling the tickets that they get from these venues at price that they increase the price of themselves like before they like i don't even something seems off here it's hard to say what but something seems slightly incorrect Why is the place that's selling the tickets that is getting botted then has an algorithm that makes their own tickets more expensive? I just, Uh I don't. Why Ticketmaster? Very fun cycle. Very cool. Ten out of ten. Super happy with with that. What were we even talking about? Where were we? Oh yeah, Zillow. 
I was telling Jeff on the the non whatever the 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 stuff that has to get cut is that like uh, when I was like a teenager, I would just go to just to like if I if I was didn't have any plans, especially after I stopped playing basketball in high school, it was just like yeah, I'll probably be at some concert. Uh, on the weekend, I was like the the number one seventeen and sixteen year old Knicks uh, Saturday and Sunday was just a crappy concert, and I'm pretty sure like I would not have had any way of like convincing my parents to give me like anywhere near the amount of money I would have needed to go to these concerts, and it's like just but I don't understand why it's not like harder to host concerts and stuff. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm out of touch. Maybe I you know like I maybe you know the the stuff that I'm looking up now isn't the same stuff I was looking up then. So like. Maybe, I don't know, but it just, dude. I'm, I'm sure that's what somebody would tell you. Yes, that's correct. Yep, Good yep, job. yep. Thanks. I, I defended myself. I defend. I uh, assumed the position of the corporation there, of Ticketmaster. There. Yes. <laughs> right, yes. Thank you, CEO. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. Talk um, to you about Zillow, Jeff. Zillow, I want to know. Yeah, Zestimate. So they were ruining the housing market and buying a lot of, making a lot of money in the middle uh, for uh, a good, good, good while, um, and that uh, worked for them until because, uh, like, here's the thing with with a market like that. You can't have houses going on the market and being sold more than asking price. Uh, within hours, sight unseen, for very long. Like, that no. ultimately does eventually have to stop. Like, that's not going to be the e- norm e- for even forever. Even if you have, like, a really great model, that sounds like a real dangerous way to live life. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so what happened was economists started to talk more and more about that. And the funny thing about the economy and this sort of thing, uh, it's like – it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy to some extent yeah. because the second that you uh, introduce like uh, trepidation or fear into the market, like that gets priced in and yep. then things start happening. Well, um, so long story short, uh, they stopped buying new properties uh, on Zillow from like Zillow stopped buying, buying new properties and tried to get to the point where they could try to liquidate the real estate that they had. Um they ended up taking from this guy that they paid a million dollars to and then hired and then used his model to do all this. They ended up taking uh, like a $580 million loss um, from that. And then actually Oof. right now, I think they are estimating it's about a billion dollars um, that they're going to ultimately lose from this model. Oh. Which is, Nick, that is a lot of, like a billion dollars is a lot of money for any company. I don't care how big you are. Yes, 100%. Uh, yeah, that's a big number. <laughs> yeah. I think, it, so anyways, um, yeah. So degrees of separation from me and the guy who made Zillow, um, you know, lose a billion dollars almost is me to the professor guy to him. <laughs> His coworker. So, there you go. <laughs> uh, I, is that is that what he puts on his resume is I'm the guy who made Zillow lose a billion dollars? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, okay, <laughs> I don't okay. Think so. Oh, okay. No, uh, so I I didn't really add much there except to say like, dude, I know Zillow's big. Like, obviously, we all know Zillow. It's ubiquitous with yeah. get, uh, buying or renting homes. Uh, but uh, like, they're not they're not like Amazon or Apple where their hands are in like everything in the world. The billion dollars is a lot, a lot of money for you know what I mean. Like, I 
it's one thing if, if like one of those super super mega corporations loses that much money like if amazon lost a billion dollars it would probably suck but they'd probably just like you know figure it out in the margins i can't imagine Zillow can handle a billion dollar loss very easily i mean i'm sure they'll be fine i'm sure they'll, they're they're huge they're, they're probably gonna be fine but that still seems like a really large amount of money for well, a company like Zillow so, to lose to put it in perspective before they started taking those losses um, they so this the Zillow is a publicly traded company. Yeah. Um, they were at uh two hundred dollars a share, and they are currently at thirty four dollars a share. So oh, for uh, <laughs> so, dude, I did not yeah. know this. What the hell? How did I not know? <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. So they lost uh basically what is that? A, like five sixths. So uh, like let's yeah, call like seventy five eighty percent of their market capital. Oh. Uh, that is not great. <laughs> That's not great. Not not great at all. Uh, but you know, lots of lots of tech companies haven't fared well through like they had big expansion during the start of the pandemic, and then stuff started to normalize a bit, and then they have to like lay people off. Like I know Shopify did that, Amazon did that. I won't even mention Twitter. Um, but the there's lots of like post pan. Well, like now that we realize that we're not going to have all of our stuff be digital for forever. Um, yeah. So it, it's not surprising to see it go down some, but yeah, there's definitely uh, a pretty steep drop off uh, yeah, when man. they took their initial loss. And then when they took their, um, their second loss, now they're down to 34 bucks. So that's significant. That's, yeah. There's yeah. 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 You already laid it out. But, but the, Nick, that took over the course of um, that. I mean, that was over the course of a couple of years. That story. I want to talk about one that is significantly shorter time frame. I'm so excited uh, for this episode. It's just this episode is just like it's, it's aggressive. It's just like, all right, you hear about this other company that failed? Anyways, um, this one's a while back. This is this is like in the in the early teens. Uh, so like let's call it ten years ago. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, this is another from school looking into things. And I'll tell you what, Nick, I do have to write like a, a machine learning ethics thesis <laughs> at the end of this class. Um, I will definitely make an episode of that. One, because I'm going to have to do a ton of research for it. Uh, but two, man, the eth- ethics of machine learning, I could, I'm pretty sure I could just write a novel right now uh, about some opinions on that. Dude, as, as somebody who like has taken or has started an AI course uh, and has, uh, you know, an intro to AI course, not a, not a anything, and has read a couple articles, it sounds real fraught like it sounds like a real yeah. a real dangerous not dangerous but like a real easy place to be like oh is that ethical that does i didn't even think about whether or not it was ethical and now uh you know facebook has all of everybody's data okay all right <laughs> so, okay <laughs> yeah it's like there, there, there's like two questions like the first question is can we make money from this and the answer is like oh yeah, yeah of course like that's obvious what will the consequences be <laughs> oh, oh that um, question very complicated uh very <laughs> drawn out the answer the answer is it can kind of be boiled down to lots of bad stuff but the the, the, the detailed ways in which you, you get to lots of bad stuff can i cut you off sir can i cut you off yes, hit, uh, hit can, can we go back can we go back to question one <laughs> yeah, <yes. laughs> oh my god i liked i liked that one uh, okay so yeah, this is knight capital group um are you do you know the uh the etymology of well i don't know if etymology is the right word but like why we call uh issues with computer programs bugs um like, you know, the, how that wait started. so I, I literally saw something like this earlier. Uh, wasn't there like literally like a moth or something inside of a, a, a computer? There was. Uh, a, a, like yeah. one of the OG computers back in like yeah, the 30s the or something? Yeah, Mark II at uh, Harvard, yeah. Yes, so. okay. I, talking, I, yeah. I saw a small image of this uh, that my, fr- my friends posted on Discord. So there you go. I, I, that's, that's the extent of my knowledge of it. I didn't even <laughs> read anything else. It's just like a... 
you know, like a screen cap thing. Yeah, there, this is not actually relevant to the story, but it was a thing also that I saw, and it made me happy. And I, I'll, I'll like every time I remember or I re-see that fact, like, like oh, that that's a thing that we talk about all the time, and don't even remember the fact that literally a physical bug caused issue. Um, anywho, so this is a bug, and it caused an issue. Uh-oh. Uh, so our. So high frequency trading, uh, I think is probably where I'll start with this. Um, if you're, I mean, I know that we're probably all to some degree aware of the fact that like tons and tons of trading happens every day from models uh, automatically very, very quickly. Like I assume this is not a surprise to you. Yep. And uh, they go, I don't, again, I'm not sure how, if you're not a nerd like me and look at all this stuff all the time. I, I don't I, know much about like day trading or high frequency trading or anything of the sort. Like I'm, I'm super layman, just, you know, the, yeah. yeah. So to the um, and, and so day trading, I would definitely say is different thing. The, this yes. would um, this is uh, so high frequency and really what this gets down to is absolutely like rapid ability to make uh, get information and have model output information as quickly as possible to stock exchange uh, to the extent that there's not it's not like you're trying to make things fast in the way that you and I think we make things fast like this is where uh, there are like multiple fiber lines from like Chicago to New York City or like from from cities gotcha. to the stock exchange because they need to be able to have their trades go in nanoseconds ahead of time uh like before whatever competition is uh, like they are like it's even using like specialized software that runs on the actual like machine level itself it, uh, like in like every uh like microprocessor like they have every little use planned because again you're competing for getting your trade in against people with nanoseconds and and right. the reason why this works is they may only on a particular trade they only may make you know fractions of a penny but they're making millions of these trades an hour and that adds up very quickly that makes perfect sense so when you're building a model like that um you obviously you're not going to be you know building that out in production like you're going to have to have like simulated test data and then you build your model uh, or even like like feed it in like the prior day's trades and then like retroactively try to build out the model and see how uh, successful it is yada yada um, and then like you want to once you've built that model you want to test it against theoretical other things that happen to see how it performs so what you end up doing when you do something like that is you you build like a, a bot per se to to go in and simulate um a a a, like a fake trader that's doing trades kind of opposite of what you would normally do as a a good trader so that they want to make sure that their model is picking up things that are um that are good opportunities to make money did any of that make any amount of sense yeah Uh, i mean yeah i would have questions but like not for this kind of not for the the, not for the podcast (laughs) You know okay. I mean? Yeah. So, uh, just in case, I'll take one more pass. They're just simulating opportunities. Yeah. Uh, by making bad trades to make sure that their model picks up and makes the good trade. All that makes sense to me. Um. At uh nine o'clock. Uh. In this. So the. Uh, this is Knights Capital, and I don't remember if I said that or not. Knights Capital Group, <clears throat> and they had been doing this for over a decade. So, like, this was nothing new to them. They've made lots of changes, obviously, over the years. Technology changes rapidly, especially in this space. Um, they unknowingly that morning uh, accidentally promoted their 
like testing bot guy to a production trading server. And uh, nine o'clock in the morning, the New York Stock Exchange opened, and their bot that makes the bad ideas, like buys high, sells low, um, made four million trades in forty-five minutes and lost the company half a billion dollars. <laughs> Dollars. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you say five minutes? Four. It's forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes. Okay. But like, <laughs> if you think about that, that's that you're losing ten million dollars a minute. Oh until, my god! Until they realized it. That hurts like, my. Oh my god, Jeff. <laughs> what do you even say to that, dude? Um. Well, I'll tell you one thing that they said, which was, uh, "I'm sorry," and also they got fined. Um, twelve million dollars on top of that for breaking the stock exchange temporarily. I guess. Yikes! Um, okay. And yeah, they. Well, at that point, at five hundred million, what's what's another twelve? What's right? Well, yeah, you gotta. Yeah, <laughs> Who even cares gotta, at that point? <laughs> gotta charge them something. Um, there's not a lot more to this story other than I just I I love that story. I mean, obviously, you know, not great. Oh. I feel really bad for the poor guy who published the bot to the production server. Um, but man, that's, that is some kind of screw up. That's a serious group. I mean, there's, there's, uh, dude, I, to be fair, I don't really feel like I know of people like accidentally publishing or deploying, um, software like that was obviously not meant for the public. Uh, but like, I don't really feel like I hear that very often, but like what a like relatively like innocuous, like easy to understand mistake. And then it's, uh, that's not it, dude. That's really rough. I, I'll I'll have to tell you off air exactly what happened, but the closest I've had to this was um, we had something happen that uh, I don't we had something happen that we thought well the person thought was happening in test that was actually happening in production uh, and it, that our thing only happened for like maybe forty five seconds to a minute and it was a very stressful. Like hour after that, it all got taken care of and it was all good. Um, but good. that was that was not good for a while. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, uh, I just shared with Nick what actually was. But yeah, not not great. It was a very stressful time. Sounds so scary. I do feel I do feel for the guy uh, who who did that. And man, losing ten million dollars a minute. Also, that's what a that's what rough. a perfectly like a perfectly uh, unlucky scenario. Like you accidentally published the thing. That, designed to be bad <laughs> oh and they, the, the other thing too like when I, the one of the quote-unquote bugs of the thing too like they had some issues with their um they, they, like they had safeguards in place so that that could not happen right uh but that was messed up too uh and oh cool so, so the, yeah, that's the what stars I mean. aligned that's right it just seems like the perfect like you know for the most part like your your example that you told me it, the worst case scenario for that is bad but like the average the average mistake that you could like accidentally deploy or whatever seems infinitesimally uh, inconsequential relative to the idea of something yes. that's just like perfectly designed to make bad decisions with large amounts of money. Oh, <laughs> <Like, laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh, I'm to lose money. Let's do it. Let's do it. I guess four so. Four million times. That's amazing. <laughs> right, right. Rapidly and as an algorithm. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. yeah. Right. 
Yeah, with with like hardware and infrastructure such that it can get those trades in as quickly as possible. Uh, oh, all those very, very not good trades. So anyways, Nick, this our our episode on the world is really complicated and not always the best. Uh, and, and sometimes. Th- and uh, lots, lots of uh, money can disappear real quick, apparently. <laughs> That's the way I learned yeah. today. Well, yeah, lot, lots of money can disappear. Lots of money can appear uh, uh, if yeah. you are Ticketmaster. Screw you, Ticketmaster. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, Nick, uh, let's let's wrap this thing. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. Probably next time uh, we will do. Uh, we I mean I don't know. NBA showdown has to happen at some time. But I, I think else, NBA showdown would be a fun Patreon episode. All I, right. Yeah. I, I like it, and I've, I've been wanting to play for a long time. So, yeah, yeah. If you want to check that out, patreon.com forward slash uh, Tyosep. That's the place. You can also follow us at Tyosep on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, but not Snapchat. And you can find all of that at tyosep.com. Nicholas, thank you so much for potting with me. Happy Thanksgiving. It's Happy okay. Thanksgiving, my friend. I am also thankful for this podcast because it's a good time, and it's good, good to hang out with you. And I really enjoy the format for us, and uh, I appreciate our listeners. But, yeah. And we didn't even lose millions and millions of dollars yet. Look, as I would say that, like I uh, have found out about several people for whom I am more comp or I have done less damage to uh, the corporate world, and therefore should be I should be able to put that on my resume somehow. You know what I mean? Like I'm not as bad as those guys. I mean, <laughs> that is a statement, Nick. You should try that out. All right, let's. <laughs> I think that's good. All right, bye. <laughs> this has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you all for listening. I think you already said that. I did not. Okay. Ha, 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 ha.